It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group on Newstalk 95.3. Michiana's News Channel, your breaking news and weather station. With financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. Wise Money is brought to you by the attorneys at Ledoux, Curran, and Keene, First State Bank, Diane Bennett, and the Inspired Team at REMAX 100, and Bethel College's Adult and Graduate Studies Program. Thank you so much for joining us today. We are so glad to have you with us. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group on Newstock 95.3, Michiana's news channel, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. My name is Mike Bernard, your host and one of the advisors on the show, along with two of my favorite people on the planet. Josh Gregory, that Kevin Corhorn. There you go. Yeah. That's good. We love you. Well, today's show is all about retirement and specifically the new retirement that's evolving with the baby boomers. We're going to be sharing with you five new trends that are developing uh, related to retirement. It's changing the landscape of retirement. And a lot of these uh, changes they really could be permanent that affect future generations as well. So no matter what your age is, how far out you think retirement is for you, this show is for you. This is your show. If you have a comment or a question, reach out. We want to hear from you. Go to wisemoneyradio.com to get more information on the show, listen to past episodes, and submit a question. Or if you're driving, give us a call, 574-222-2000. So Josh is right. Today, this show is all about you what you can expect in retirement so that you can best prepare. Whether you're already retired, planning to retire soon, or just getting an early start, like we talk about all the time, an early start towards retirement that's still a long way off, this show is going to help you reach your goal. At the present time, the baby boomer generation is retiring. More than 9,000 people every single day are turning 65 in that baby boom generation. And there's a lot really for them to learn and for all of us to learn about that, about how that demographic is retiring, and how it's going to impact all future generations. So recently, the Urban Institute conducted a research study to analyze how retirement is changing because of baby boomers and other factors as well. There's several noteworthy findings. We're going to dissect those today and go over some of the data that the study revealed about retirement for baby boomers and everyone else. Yeah. The first thing the study found is that Baby boomers are living longer than previous generations, and I don't think that's a big surprise to people because modern medicine and other factors, penicillin, hand washing, things like that. And it's fairly common knowledge uh, that people are living longer. So uh, while that's definitely a good thing, it makes planning for retirement more difficult. You say that it's common knowledge, but I, I actually think this is maybe one of the hardest facts about the new retirement, as I called it. Um... For people to accept, you know, we we meet with people all the time who, you know, we we try to give them a vision for how long retirement could last. And we're often citing facts like, hey, if you're 62 today, there's a 20% chance or 20% of your peers will still be living at 92 if you're a, a male. And women, it's even longer, 94 and we were kind of swapping war stories earlier. Uh, You've got the worst one, right? Someone actually almost got violent with you when you said... Yeah, got angry, <laughs> pounding the, the desk and saying, I'm not going to live that long. Don't even try to tell me I'm going to live that long. And, you know, the, what the a whole, bizarre statement. Right. Is, yeah, I'd say... Like, how, how can you really declare how long you're going to live? I, I have had one client, he, he made reference to a revolver and said that he will not live past his 80s. Interesting. Which is kind of disturbing when you think about it. But, you know, <laughs> some people, 
they don't want to accept the fact that they may live into their 90s and it creates a very serious strain on their financial planning, right? Yeah, I think so. I, and I, I just look at the facts. And when we're preparing for the show, in 1900, the life expectancy for a male in the U.S. was 46.3. So if I'd been born in the 1900s, I'd be dead by now, statistically. <laughs> In 2000, it was 76.3. So in 100 years, we went from 46 to 76. That's crazy. We gained, and and really from 1970 to now, we've gained another six years. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. Well, age, we've talked on the show before about the big factors that come into play when you're trying to figure out your retirement plan. And age is one of those factors. But there's two sides to that age factor. One is when are you going to retire, but the other is what's your life expectancy. So we're talking about a really big component of figuring out when someone is ready to retire, and it's getting more difficult. Right. I mean, that's that's the key. Is it's getting harder. Well, you know, you think about someone who retires in their 60s, and if they live into their 90s, we're talking about 20, 30 years of retirement. Yeah. And that's a long time for your resources to need to be able to support you and help supplement Social Security and things. So. It really is putting a serious strain and a stress on people's retirement readiness. Now, there's two. There, I think about that, and I think, oh, that would be great. Be retired for a third of my life. Spend <laughs> almost the first third in school. <laughs> Spend the last third just, you know, on the beach in retirement. But there are some side effects. You need to prepare much more adequately. And then, Josh, you mentioned Social Security. I mean, think about this. What What is... The, the fact that people are living longer, what's that going to do to Social Security? That's right. They're Medicare, collecting a lot Medicaid, pensions. A lot of these assumptions need to be rebuilt. Yeah. And that's where it, it, part of the show is to encourage people to do something about it. So when you look at your financial plan, you want to say, what is my life expectancy? So when you work with your certified financial planner, you should be talking about what's my life expectancy and how long am I going to need my my resources to last for me and how do I protect my resources against the the type of rainy day type things that that may affect it yeah it's fairly logical if you if you think about it in extremes so if you were to retire at age 30 you would just assume that's your dream you, isn't it, it yeah, you've it been is. kind of campaigning <laughs> you know, for that I love you guys but listen I'm ready I'm ready so yeah. but if you were to retire at 30 it's just logical that you would need a pile of I mean just a huge mountain of money right Conversely, the other side of the spectrum, if you retired at 85, you would assume, yeah, you don't need that much saved up. And that just underscores the principle that if your retirement is expected to last a long time, you need to have more money saved up. That's right. That's that's the point here. And that's why the conservative approach to planning for retirement is to assume a long retirement, right? Right. Um, Not to throw too many statistics around and overwhelm people, but I, I read recently that if you're in your 50s right now, you can expect to live six years longer than the generation that came before you. Okay, this is just kind of the trend that's that's moving forward. That six-year number really stood out to me because I remember reading another study that suggested that most Americans underestimate their longevity by six years. Oh, wow. And, you know, I, I'm not trying to make a stronger connection here than maybe should be, but it makes me wonder... Are we as Americans just sort of watching the generation that's going before us and assuming that our life is going to be just like theirs? My parents lived to their 70s, and so I'm going to live to my 70s, and that's it. 
And the, the reality being, though, that you're going to live longer than them and you're underestimating it. So our point here is you have to be planning ahead as if your retirement is going to be different. That's what this whole show is about, right? So that put me off by 12 years? No. If, you, <laughs> if, if I'm... <laughs> six plus six is 12. You're right. But I'm talking about the same six years there. Kevin. Okay. So just, what do you need to be checking. doing? So what do you need to be doing? You got to start early for, for saving up for retirement. We've said that time and time again. Start early. Wherever you're at right now, start saving for retirement. Get your full employer match. A lot of people are getting that wrong. They don't understand how much they need to contribute to get the full match. You need to do that. Make sure you're utilizing tax shelters so that you don't have more money coming out of your retirement account going to Uncle Sam. Start building a plan for income. Look at guaranteed lifelong income. Sources where you can get that. Uh, And I would also say consider having long-term care insurance because if you're living longer, those nursing homes are going to get filled up. Yep. And when you think about long-term care, I just got my premium notice in the mail. I have long-term care insurance and my premium was 2200 bucks a year. It's going up to 2700 bucks a year. So if you have long-term care, I would expect uh, in a 30 or 40 year life expectancy, your, um, your premiums are going to double or triple as you go. So just be prepared for that long-term care. A lot of policies have a feature where it's locked in for a certain period of time, but beyond that... um, Well, that's one of the reasons why you're at an advantage, having put long-term care insurance in place when you were younger. Um, You know, you're starting at a lower premium point, so even if you do see increases as time goes on, at least you're starting at a very reasonable price point. Yeah. But you need to plan for that. The cost of protecting yourself from unexpected things or even really statistically expected things is going to go up. Listen, folks, retirement is getting more difficult, more challenging. You need a guide. You need a Sherpa. So contact your financial planner. Build a plan. If you don't have a planner, give us a call. We're we're happy to help you. We got more findings, more trends about how retirement is changing. The next one, even though it's getting more difficult, the next one's actually a pretty good thing. So that and more here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group, Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel, your breaking news and weather station. Hello, folks. Welcome back to Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group here on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. I am Mike Bernard in the studio with Josh Gregory and Kevin Corhorn. Special thanks to Ledoux, Curran, and Keene, as well as First State Bank for sponsoring the content of today's program. Today, we're talking about how the retirement landscape has changed and how really you need a guide to get you through it. We're talking about some of those trends and what's happened and how you need to prepare. If you have a question or a comment or you disagree with anything we're talking about, we want to hear from you. Go to wisemoneyradio.com or give us a call, 574-222-2000. So uh, the report that we've been kind of unpacking with these trends, it, it was written by the Urban Institute on and it basically talks about how retirement is changing in America. The first trend that we revealed in the last segment was that people are living longer. And the second one is very much tied to that. Um, you know, in addition to living longer, people's health is actually improving. So this is a, one of the positive trends that actually could have a, a good impact on how people experience retirement. So it's, I mean, enjoying a longer life 
if you're healthier, I mean, that's a good thing, but it doesn't, it does have impact on your retirement. I, I mentioned before that this is actually kind of a good thing. Let's talk about what the report found. So a uh, proportion of adults age 80 and older report fair or poor health. It, that figure fell from 43% in 98 to 34% in 2012. So overall, the people surveyed in that late age group, basically, you know, the, the amount that said they're in poor health declined. So that's good. That's a good thing. So it means if your retirement is longer, you should have a better quality of life, which as a positive could mean lower co-pays on medical insurance. That's right. The trick with that is we all know healthcare costs are rising. So I don't know. So even if you're healthy, you may still be spending more in the future just because life around you is getting more expensive in that area. Exactly. So I wonder, I mean, there's been a wave over the past decade about health insurance plans going to high deductible health plans. Right. And I wonder if more people should consider this because they're actually healthier and so on. I wonder, I wonder someday if we'll have Medicare that is a high deductible, if there's going to be a high deductible version of Medicare. I wonder. Well, you know, they've taken steps in that direction with Medicare Advantage. Right. And, um, you know, just keeping more of the risk on your own shoulders instead of paying bigger premiums out of pocket, but then just assuming that Medicare is going to pay for everything. So you're right. If you're going into retirement healthy and, you know, you feel younger than your chronological age, um, maybe that's a risk worth taking. Yeah. And not just the risk, but the responsibility, keeping your responsibility for your health on your shoulders. And that's what the, the Medicare Advantage idea is as well, is that I have my health. I'm responsible for it. I'm going to shop. I'm going to make sure I'm getting things priced reasonably because if, if the money's coming out of my pocket for my health, I'm going to do a better job of, of shepherding and stewarding that responsibility. I love it. And actually, Kevin has led a charge at KFG. Uh, a lot of us have Fitbits and we're doing, <laughs> we're doing step challenges all the time. That's and, and so I think retirees are enjoying better health, but I think there's a movement going on at KFG, but also across America, trying to beat obesity and get healthier. We would certainly hope so. But, you know, one of the, the other things that that study revealed, uh, you said uh, health is improving in the later years or, or the older generation of retirees, right? 80 on up. Yeah. But there was kind of a warning that was tucked into this uh, article as well that talked about those who are pre-retirees in their 50s, for example, they're coming into the home stretch of their working career, and some of them are actually starting to trend the other direction where there's more people in poor health or, you know, just kind of okay health. And this particular article, I, I'm no medical expert by any stretch, but they reference diabetes as a particular cause. So those of you that are in this age band... Um, you, you know, you mentioned obesity and just the, the way that we eat. The, the risk is, is that if you're at the tail end of the baby boomer generation and you're letting your health slip in some way, you may not enjoy the same health benefits that your predecessors are reporting right now. Yeah, and we've seen that where the medical system can keep you alive, but as far as any kind of quality of life is concerned, if you haven't done all that you can to keep your health where it needs to be, um, yeah, you, you, you can stay alive, but as far as any kind of quality or enjoyment of life, it, it becomes miserable. That's right. And hopefully 
you know, you, you haven't let your health slip to the point where it can't be regained. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of times people at the beginning of a year, they set new resolutions and I'm going to turn this around. And that's something I often look at, uh, at birthdays, for example. But um, the, the call to action, I guess, that I would ask for is, yes, to, to treat your health every bit as important, maybe even more important than your wealth even, right? Have a game plan for both. But when it comes to financial planning, because that's what this show is about, one of the ways that you protect yourself against the catastrophic health-type expenses that you could experience in retirement is something that we hit briefly in the last uh, uh, transition there. We were talking about long-term care at the end of uh, the last segment. Long-term care insurance is a way to help protect against those major expenses that could, could ultimately be out of your control. The next trend that the study found, in my opinion, is the most dangerous, is the most difficult. And that is that people, compared to previous generations, are more personally responsible. They're on the hook for their retirement planning. Yeah, so let's talk about how the landscape is changing. So if you were born in the 40s or 50s, 30% of you have a defined benefit plan or a pension plan, which means I go to work, I work for a company for a certain period of time, and I, I get a payment when I retire based on the years of service that I have, my age, and uh, the, uh, the income that I had. Now, if you, so think about that. In the 40s or 50s, 30% of you have a defined benefit plan. If you were born in the 80s, 11% of you have a pension or a defined benefit plan. So you think about that, and, it's, and I, was, I was pondering that, I think, well, how do only 10, you know, 10% of the population now has a pension plan? Teachers. Yeah. Yeah. Teachers. Teachers government workers. Government u- unions, stuff like that. So when you think about that, it's interesting to consider um, when I retire, my dad uh, worked for a company and he retired in his early 60s. He's 75. He's been on the payroll for the last 15 years. And it's amazing. They keep paying him. That's awesome. That's awesome. It is awesome. It's it's another one of Mike's dreams. There you go. Good work if you can get it, I guess. Um, But he's going to get paid until he dies. It's astounding to think this company has dad on the payroll until he dies. So you're thinking about it from the company standpoint, which absolutely. That's an entrepreneur speaking. What you just said, though, compared to that first trend, people are living longer. Pensions offer income that people cannot outlive. And if pensions are going away, I would strongly encourage you, find a different way to get income in your retirement years that you cannot outlive. Find a different way. Social Security is a part of it. Build your own pension plan. We're helping people with that all day, every day. Building an income stream that they cannot outlive. Because these pensions, which are so critical, helping your dad, helping my folks, mm-hmm. we're going to talk about a little bit later, mm-hmm. They don't have them anymore. The, the, the current workers don't have them anymore. Yeah, when I started in the business 20-plus years ago, the idea was you have a three-legged stool. So you have Social Security, you have your pension, and then you have the personal uh, investments that you set aside for your retirement. And now, when, when I was thinking about this, I think, well, really, it's a two-legged stool as of today. You have Social Security and then what you do on your own. And you cannot sit on that stool because that social security leg is small. You need to save up a lot to, to, to cover for your own personal investments. You know, I, I would call that the number one action item too, right? 
you know, planning ahead for your own retirement is kind of the message that I'm hearing. Kevin, you referred to how it used to be you could trust your employer to be planning ahead for your retirement, stuffing dollars into a pension plan for you. Now, maybe you have an employer who's contributing to a 401k, but you bear a lot more of that investment risk because if it goes up and down in value at the wrong times, then maybe you come up short for retirement. But here's the issue, though. People are not calculating what the, the need is for their retirement. I read a statistic that as of 2015, less than half of working Americans had even attempted to calculate the amount of money that they need to accumulate for retirement. Mm. That tells me that a whole lot of you out there that are listening today, this should be your number one action item Monday morning is to contact a professional, someone who can help you pull this all together, help you calculate the amount you need to uh, accumulate for retirement, and then set a savings goal to, uh, to put yourself on pace for that. Yeah, we're not done unpacking this. There's a couple more trends that we're going to hit from this study coming up on Wise Money with Forhorn Financial Group, Newstalk 95.3, Machine this News Channel. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel, your breaking news and weather station. Thank you so much for joining us today, folks. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I'm Mike, joined by Josh and Kevin in the MNC studio. Thanks to Bethel College Adult and Graduate Studies, as well as Diane Bennett with Remax 100 for partnering with us on the Wise Money Show. Today's show is all about retirement planning and how the retirement landscape is changing, all the factors that you need to to know so that you can best prepare. We were just talking about what, in my opinion, is the most dangerous, and that is you today are more personally responsible for your own retirement planning than previous generations. Yep, and I think when, when you think about being personally responsible, Josh said it so eloquently in, in the last segment, you need to define what it is you need to accomplish in order to be able to retire. And that means calculating the amount of money you're going to need to set aside for your income replacement strategy for that, that when you're not going to work. And so I, I would encourage you, hopefully this, when you, when you're listening in, you're encouraged and you're motivated. I would encourage you if you don't know what your number is or you haven't revisited it in the last year or so to revisit it. And if you're, if you're able to do that on your own, great. Most folks aren't. Most folks need some sort of coaching or guidance or external stimulus. I was telling you guys this morning, I have a hard time going to the gym unless I know my trainer is going to be there and, and Marla's going to take me through what I need to do to get where I want to be. And I, it's not that I don't know what I need to do. It's that I need that external stimulus holding me accountable to my own goals and helping me. And I think that is just perfect uh, when you think about financial planning. Well, yeah, absolutely. I think it's a great analogy because a, a financial professional can also keep you focused on the things that you actually have control over, right? Mm-hmm. When it comes to retirement being squarely on your own shoulders now, you have to know what are the, the levers that you can pull to impact your readiness for retirement. And it's things like how much are you going to save for retirement? How much are you going to feed into that retirement nest egg? How much are you going to spend today and out there in the future? You could also, um, you, you know, you get to choose ultimately what date you retire. 
And that right. that's actually the fourth trend. That's the fourth trend fourth trend in this in this study that on average baby boomers are working longer, which is interesting. That's exactly right. And you know, the 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 first two, so living longer and uh, some of the other trends that we're going to be unpacking, they actually put more strain and stress on your retirement. Working longer is one of the relief valves. It it can actually relieve some of that stress because you're shortening up the amount of time that you need uh, your investments to last during your retirement. Here's here's what I was thinking when I read this. I thought, oh gosh, I wonder why. I don't talk to a lot of people who come in saying I want to work a long time. I mean, there are some, mm-hmm. but most people are like me, want to retire yesterday. Uh, but I wonder if this if this trend is going this way because pensions are going away, like we just talked about, because of the Great Recession. Mm-hmm. Right, that people need um, to save up more because their finances took a hit over the past decade. Right, and I also wonder if it's been influenced by healthcare costs. People are much more sensitive to having health insurance, and they're just saying, "Gosh, I really can't swing retiring at sixty-two because the company is paying my health insurance. I need to keep doing that." Yeah, I, I think that's an astute observation because. It's probably the one that I feel most cited by clients for maybe pushing retirement back an extra year or two. They recognize the value of the health insurance that they're getting through work now. And this is why we're saying these are trends and changes in the retirement landscape for baby boomers, but I think it's permanent. I just, I I don't see healthcare costs dramatically somehow coming back down. So I think this issue of people retiring later, I mean, you know, it could also be because of social security because people realize, you know, they don't have pensions and so on, so I need to get as much as possible from Social Security, so I'm just gonna work a little bit longer. I don't see that. That's the financial advisor in you speaking, though. That's what you hope it is. But the reality is, people are still drawing Social Security as early as they Uh, can. That's still the trend. You got it, you're right. Well, statistically, about 40% of of the baby boomers are gonna have to work until they die. They will never have enough money if it's just Social Security to be able to uh, be done working. And you think about that and you think, oh man, that that's kind of scary. But I've told people, if you want to have a foolproof retirement plan, work until you die. Yeah. If you work until you die, you're, you're never going to run out of money. Okay. So I actually had this list. I figured we were going to talk about this. There are a lot of people who just say, that's my plan. Yeah. And, and, and maybe a spouse or a friend recommends that they come in and talk to a financial advisor. And they say, well, I don't know why I'm even here because I'm just, my retirement plan is I'm going to work. I can't tell you how many of those people I'm working with and they've been forced to retire because of one of three reasons. Typically their health changes. I got that happening in my own family Mm -hmm. or their company downsized them or a lot of business owners view it this way, view their, their life. This is my business, my baby. I'm just going to work until I'm done. And the business evolves around them and they can't keep up. Yeah. You you know, you're actually hitting uh, using experience, right? Your own observations, Uh, are very consistent with a study that was done that we've cited on this show before that actually um, shows the difference between what people intend to do for retirement and what they actually do, right? The average age that most people intend to retire has drifted higher. It used to be 65, now it's around 66. Retirement actual age is about three or four years younger than that, about 62. Wow. So even if people are retiring a little bit later than they were, they're still retiring younger than they intended for the very reasons that you just hit. And that's why this whole notion that oh, I'm just going to keep on working, that's a dangerous assumption to make because 
it, it presumes that your paycheck is going to support you in the first you know, 10 years of a traditional retirement instead of your resources. Well, there, there again, folks, get a plan. Because even if, even if your dream isn't to retire someday and be on the beach or the golf course, the, the, the terminology changes to financial independence. When do you want to work because, or when are you going to be working because you want to, not because you have to? Yeah. All right. The last trend that we're going to point out here is also pretty dangerous, in my opinion. And that is that this report found that people are retiring with more debt. That also, to me, isn't really a big surprise because of the uh, financial crisis that we went through in 08 and all of that. It's also, to me, not a big surprise because of 30-year mortgages and, and, and so on. But that's, that's interesting. People are retiring with more debt. Yeah, and I think part of the, that, that there's a function of where, what debt costs right now. So debt is incredibly cheap. So a lot of people are looking and saying, you know what? Debt is so cheap. I'm, I'm going to go into retirement with uh, debt because it's not really hurting me that badly. And that's an, that's an interesting approach. It's, it's one way to approach it. I found with debt, it can be a great motivator. If you can say to a client that's 58 and has a, a couple different pieces of debt out there, hey, you want to retire? Let's do this. Let's make a push and get that mortgage paid off, get those cars paid off. Let's go into uh, retirement debt-free. Not that that's the only way. I'm not even saying that's the best way to go into retirement, but I think that is a way to go into retirement if you want to increase the certainty of your retirement plan being successful go into retirement debt-free. So if I understood you correctly, you're kind of saying there's a temptation that with interest rates as low as they are, Mm -hmm. debt becomes more tolerable to people, so they're more likely to just kind of keep it around in retirement. But your attitude is use these low interest rates as a a tool to get the debt wiped out faster. Sure. Am I hearing that? Yes, absolutely. Because... You know, I, I agree that, you know, going into retirement without debt, that is ideal. Mm-hmm. It, it might not work for everybody, but it's at least a danger if you do go into retirement, especially if it has consumer debt um, that's on your shoulders, not just the mortgage. So credit cards. Right. Credit yeah. cards, car loans, maybe a home equity line of credit, something like that. Um, I, I would encourage people to start doing battle with that before you get to retirement if for no other reason, to just purge it from your life so that there's not a temptation to be using it in retirement. The thing about those debt payments, even though your interest rate is low and it might not be bleeding out too much interest in in your financial life, it is a monthly obligation that you have to pay back whether there are good times going on in retirement or bad. And the fact is that Social Security is not going to cover all of your expenses, and so you're going to be relying upon your investments more, investments that go up and down in value, investments that may not be as dependable to you at certain times. And so because of that, um, you, you need to not put yourself in a position where you have to draw off your investments at a dip in the market. Uh, just to make those debt obligations. In just a moment, we're going to keep talking about these trends, but I'm also going to tell you a little story, a little story about current retirees, <laughs> fears, and how to overcome those fears. That and more here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group, News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel.
This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel, your breaking news and weather station. Wise Money is brought to you by the attorneys at Ledoux, Curran & Keene, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Team at REMAX 100, and Bethel College's Adult and Graduate Studies Program. Hello, folks. Welcome back to Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group right here on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I'm Mike. I've got Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory with me in the MNC studios. If you're just joining us, the entire show so far has all been about how retirement is changing. The landscape is changing. It's getting more difficult. And really, you need a guide. And we've been talking about those different changes or the way retirement's changing and really how you need to prepare for it. Yeah, and if you have questions about what we talked about in the last segment, so you think about debt, how should I approach retirement? Should I have debt in retirement? Should I start retirement with any kind of debt? I would encourage you to really refine your philosophy. Work closely with your financial planner, and if you don't have a financial planner, go get one. There are lots of great folks that can help you. Try to find a certified financial planner because they're going to work with you on your present financial position and say, how is your debt structured currently? What are the habits that you have? Do you have a budget? These types of things. And really, financial planning is mostly about goal setting and goal achievement. So I would encourage you to have some goals as it relates to your debt and have a philosophy and an approach to debt and then have someone encouraging you as you go. And that'd be your certified financial planner. Great stuff. You know, to continue this evaluation of retirement, let me tell you a little story. If you were around with us from the very beginning of Wise Money, you heard a little introduction of each of us on the show. And part of my introduction was about how my parents, specifically even my father, influenced the career track that I took. When I was younger, I had a knack for finance and was interested in that, but really wanted to help people. And my dad told me when I was in college, you need to understand taxes and you need to understand financial planning. If you know how those two things work together, people will always need you because you'll always be able to help them. And my folks have a pretty unique financial situation. They both started working right out of college for the companies that they ended up retiring from. And they both happened to be companies that had pensions. And so they saved and did the responsible thing, but they also both had pensions and they had long tenures with these companies so the pensions and, and Social Security and so on uh, really went a long way to building their financial plan. So the awesome news is my folks this year celebrated their 10-year retirement anniversary. They retired in, in 06, and uh, they're, they've, they live down in Florida, most people's retirement dream, but they've got a little place, a little cottage, very small up in Michigan, and they come see us. Uh, in the summer, and uh, and which is a lot of fun. So I was I was asking them recently, hey guys, you've been retired for ten years. What are your greatest fears, or what were your greatest fears? Mm-hmm. I actually thought interesting question. I actually thought we'd probably build a whole show around that, and yeah. we probably could. They they had good answers. I told them, hey, think about it for a second. gave them gave them a few moments, and and they came back with four fears. Did you ask them that question just because you're an inquisitive guy, or was it for the show here? No, Be I'm honest. A, I'm I'm a great son. Oh, I'm a, you're just a great conversationalist. <laughs> you are a great son. <laughs> no, Mom, I was. Dad, I, tell me about your fears. No, so it the awkward thing with my folks is their son is their financial planner. So that makes it a little awkward. When do we formally talk about money? And that also means any casual conversation could turn to money at any time. So we talk about it frequently, but 
I might have had a little bit of the show in mind. But here's the thing. So my mom, here's what my dad said. Now, this is someone who every day of his working life put down the value of the Dow Jones, S&P 500, and every single investment that he had. He tracked it on a spreadsheet every single day for his entire life. And when he asked me to be his financial advisor, I said, well, okay, Dad, if you're going to if you're going to delegate this to me and trust me with it, you're going to know what's going on, but you can't do that every day. And he said, okay. And you know what my dad said when I said, hey, what's your greatest fear? He said, I don't have any fears. I said, dad, perfect answer. I love it. But my mom, she had a couple. She, she started. <laughs> she said the first fear was, will they have to change their lifestyle in retirement? And I told you they've been retired for 10 years. So that fear is kind of worn off. But she said that with this deep passion in her eyes. That was a big concern of theirs when they made that decision. So she's saying that was at retirement, at the beginning of retirement, it was a fear like we're setting our lifestyle here and it's going to have some major drop in the future? Or is that the fear now? Well, no, it was the fear back then when they decided to retire. And, and I think that's sh that fear is shared by a lot of people. Hey, I'm comfortable the way I live right now while I'm working. When I transition into retirement, and I'm gonna, am I going to have to make a big sacrifice here? Because if so, I'll just keep working. That's, that's what she said. Right. And I don't want to have to come out of retirement to fix, yeah, a, to fix a problem. Uh, that that's caused and and making me change my lifestyle. That's yeah. right. That's right. So they've been uh, retired for a decade. Have you noticed any kind of change in their lifestyle just naturally? Not no. not because of financial reasons, but just aging and stuff like that. Great question. No, and this is the action item for you listening because we were very very intentional those last few years right before we retired. My brother and I were out of the house, and I said, guys. You're going to build a budget right now. We're going to find out what it costs for you guys to live the lifestyle that you want. And we did the math and we built an income plan. I told you they've got pensions and so on, but uh, we built an income plan so that we could replicate that exact same lifestyle in retirement. Mm. They were proactive. Yeah. The planning worked for them. Yeah. yeah. When you think of a call to action, yeah. if you're within five years of retirement, build that budget and say, hey, this is what we're going to need to live on and then practice living on it for a couple of years. So here, here's, here's the next fear, and this one is very interesting. Okay, if the, if the income plan works so they could keep their lifestyle, this next fear is still there today. Can they continue to afford healthcare costs that they know are rising and all the co-pays that come along with that? Was, uh, they know that their health is changing right now. It's getting worse, and as they age, it's going to continue to get worse worse. So will they still be able to afford all the healthcare costs, long-term care and all of that? That's interesting. Uh, I was actually just having a conversation with a medical professional the other day. And I mean, th this, is an, uh, this is a problem for America, right? Not just for retirees, but how do you fight back some of that growing trend in, in medical costs? And there's uh, more and more folks, I I've seen it with chiropractors, I've seen it with MRI centers and some of these others where it's a cash-based system and you're not really relying just on the health insurance, a, a traditional approach. You just pay for things out of pocket. But to, to your point, I mean, that is still a major line item in a lot of people's retirement budget, right? And, and here's how we solved it for my folks. We, again, were proactive, did the whole plan for all their health insurance needs, and we got long-term care insurance in place a long time ago. I told them, uh, you know, guys, we're going to take care of you, but you're not coming to live with me. So <laughs> you're, you're buying the, the long-term care insurance or I am. The third fear, and I'm going to uh, go a little bit quicker here. The third fear is what would happen when the first one passed away? 
the the my mom said, well, if one of us passes away and the other remarries, does that mean the kids won't have any inheritance and so on? So she's concerned about that. And then what would happen when the second person passed away? Did you reassure her that you would make sure that didn't happen? I would make sure that there's an inheritance, mom. <laughs> <laughs> that I promise you that. Take no. that one off your no, list. No, no, it no. does not need to be a fear. No, but I think a lot of people enter this fear as they start seeing their life expectancy getting closer and closer of, okay, well, what is going to happen? And the solution for them as well as for you too should be sitting down with the with your financial planner and your estate planner and getting a plan. Yeah. If you've lived long enough, you've seen that done wrong. You've seen the second marriage and then uh, the, the, the money ends up going to the kids of the second spouse instead of the kids uh, of the, the first family. And so there's all kinds of uh, ways that this can be done wrong. And so I would encourage people to have a great plan. Yep. Okay. The last fear was the one that my dad then chimed in with, and I completely agree with him. He said, my greatest fear right now is that there's a change that's outside of my control to one of the systems we're relying on for retirement. And that's a change in Social Security or Medicare or their pension, something like that. He fears things that are outside of their control. There again, build a plan because a plan can help you to evaluate, all right, what if medical costs go through the roof? What if Social Security gets cut in half? And we've done that for them, too. Well, the people who, you know, that would be a national crisis for a lot of people. But the, the, the folks who can avoid it being a personal crisis are the ones who have the most control over their cash flow, right? Mm-hmm. They, they haven't obligated themselves to too many debts in retirement or other things they've signed up for and can't get out of, too many contracts and things. So they have the ability to dial up or dial down their lifestyle and, um, you know, obviously we hope that pensions remain intact for those who are counting on them. But if something happened, your parents have the ability to adjust. And for you listening, retirement is changing. It's getting more difficult. Build a plan. The plan gives you clarity and confidence. If you don't have a planner, you can give, give someone a call. Give us a call. We're happy to help. If you missed anything on the show today, go to wisemoneyradio.com or check out the podcast on iTunes. Even subscribe to it. Uh, that would be great. So on behalf of Kevin, Josh, myself, the rest of us at KFG, have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group right here on Newstalk 95.3, Michigan's News Channel. Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group, KFG Wealth Management, LLC, and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.